All right, let's get her going. Topics worthy of discussion, of which there are many, and uh, we have three panelists who have joined us in the studio this afternoon. Michael Giles, who's been a government operative for 30 years, federally, provincially, municipally, and uh, right now of no discernible political affiliation. Michael, how are you doing? Good, thank you. I think I'll be calling you Leon Sanfuro. <laughs> okay. It's, it's Leor, but that's all right. Leor, that's yeah. the guy. <laughs> John Capobianco, Senior VP, Senior Partner, National Practice Lead for Public Affairs in Fleischman Hilliard's Toronto office. He, too, has been involved in all three levels of government for 22-plus years at a grassroots level. How's John doing? I'm doing great, John. Good to hear uh, Good to hear you and good to be here. Good to have you here. And Sherry DeNovo is with us, Minister at Trinity St. Paul's Centre for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, the former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. How's Sherry doing? I'm fine. I got my voice back. It's always a pleasure to be well, with you, Well, it's good John. to have you back here. Missed you last week, uh, those who could not attend for whatever the reason. But i got to ask you off the hop. I just finished speaking to the Executive Vice President of CARDIS. Uh, this is a faith-based think tank. Uh, they promote society flourishing uh, through independent research, robust public dialogue, they say, and thought-provoking commentary. Uh, but they also promote independent faith-based schools, for the most part, or independent schools, the private schools. And what he was saying was they've done extensive research and they found from their grads, the cohort that's 24 to 39 years of age, that they're more heavily involved, based on stats, can surveys, relatively speaking, uh, those graduates of these independent schools more involved in volunteering, more civically engaged. Uh, they also are more trusting of strangers, co-workers and neighbors, more likely to pay attention to the news. So it was all sweetness and light. And so he says, based Basically, the takeaway from this is it's time for the government to bring these marginalized independent schools in from the cold and help them out, make them more affordable for folks who can't send their kids to these schools. So it really does, uh, well, maybe marginalize kids in the public system or it uh, tends to leave them in the back of the bus, so to speak. So, Sherry Denova, do you think there's some point or purpose to having the government step up and help independent schools? No, I actually, uh, and of course, I'm faith-based, so I have nothing against faith, um, and I think involvement in faith is good for for children and young adults. Uh, but, uh, but really, uh, I, I mean, this is kind of skewed reporting, because Obviously, those who can afford to send their children to private schools uh, are are those with more privileges than others, and you know the smaller classrooms. But he wants to level to that pay. playing field. Um, but but here's here's the thing: um, it certainly has not worked south of the border to do that. And Where have um, they our done public, that? well, you know, in the charter school system, our our public school system is one of our strengths. And quite frankly, in terms of university entrance, in terms of scholarships, in terms of all those measurables, uh, there's not a lot of difference between private and public schools. And this is this has been borne out. Some of the, you know, in the poorest districts, including my own, Parkdale Public, has some of the highest rates of university acceptance. So uh, again, I think we have to look at who's doing well, the study, acceptance based where on this what? where this theory is is coming from. Marks, you know, but also it's not just marks anymore because Mm. universities look at your involvement. They look at, you know, what you've been doing. So I'm a a great supporter of our our public school system, and I think it uh, should be beefed up. But if you starve it, if you start taking money out of it, of course, more people with means will take their children out of it. That's the slippery slope. I'll get around to that just quickly around the horn. John Capobianco, does he make a a compelling case? Well, he does make a compelling case. Listen, I'm a Catholic, so I've always been a supporter of the Catholic system, and we've always had the public and we've had the Catholic... uh, school systems for a long time, and there's some people over the course of the last, I guess, when Bill Davis uh, was premier and first uh, enacted the Catholic school system, uh, who felt that that wasn't right, and we should have only one and not not two, but this, uh, you know, we had a 
leader by the name of John Tory, who was conservative leader, who actually uh, 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 in his policy platform during the election talked about uh, faith-based schools and, and allowing for uh, for parents to be able to go and tax dollars to go towards faith-based school, and that didn't turn out so well. Um, but you know, the the argument would have been well, versus you know, having taxpayers pay for. Uh, for uh, for for kids to go to a faith-based school, even if their own kids weren't going, so maybe it would have been better if it was a tax credit, so that parents have a choice to be able to go if they want to bring their child or send their child to a faith-based school, they would get some sort of a tax credit back. But look, this uh, research that they've done uh, is quite telling, and it's something that we've known about for the last little while, which is why at the time John did talk about bringing in faith-based schools. So it's something we need to look at, but it, when you look at that, it is a political uh, third rail next to two-tier health care, and I'm not sure anybody's going to have the political will to want to talk about it, to be honest. All right. Well, you know, uh, Sherry mentioned charter schools. Uh, there's also the voucher system where, you know, the money follows the child and uh, give parents the choice or the option. Seems like a good market-driven response. Don't you think that ought to be at least something considered uh Worthy of consideration or discussion here in the province of Ontario, Michael? I have, I would have a bit of difficulty with that. I mean, I look at the situation, I'm, I'm a Catholic as well, always been a Catholic school supporter. And so in a sense, we do have faith-based uh, schools in this, in, 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 at least in the province of Ontario. Newfoundland, I think, is can't stop that. Net. But we do have faith-based school, and, and it goes back right to the, you know, the, the Constitution of British North America Act. So we have that kind of stuff. Uh I'm not sure. I think, you know, speaking to John's point, I, I think that's probably the best way to do that would be through, through some kind of tax credit system. Uh, the notion of, notion of vouchers following, you know, the, the child and everything else here, there is the potential to be pulling, you know, a lot of money out of a, of a public fund, publicly funded school system uh, that frankly can't afford to lose that kind of money. Well, all right. Uh, but it might just be propping up gross ineptitude in the public so you're nodding what? john capobianco well no but because i think if if it if the study showed that the cohorts 24 to 39 come out and they're much more they're volunteering and they're much more uh loving life and and being sort of you know on, on sort of the good the, the right tracks of life that's a that's a that's a positive thing you know so how do we how do we embrace that in some way um and again to sherry's point about not taking money away from the public system but i, I just think john from a from a political perspective i'm not sure who's ever going to bring this up well, right. I think also the point to make there, too, is I think that, uh, you know, they're talking about faith-based schools and they've done this study. I would also like to see uh, in terms of, you know, for example, schools in affluent neighborhoods in the city of Toronto as opposed to schools in less affluent neighborhoods, because I think there is a, there is definitely an impact. Poverty has an impact on the ability of, of you know, kids to develop and to do these kinds of things. And, you, and I think you'd probably find, I may be wrong, I'm just it's totally extrapolating, but you may find that, you know, schools in high income neighborhoods, you may find a lot of the volunteerism and all the other things that are there, but I, I think it, you know, that may be a bad factor in this. And, and parents the- always have the option. I mean, you, you know, you don't need to just get your faith from school. There are options for faith involvement that aren't in school. And, and you know, this goes back to, I well, think, some of our principles, schools. a separation of church and state. Okay, which it's I not think always important. religious-based. It's independent yeah. schools, and uh, some of them can be predicated on other things like, well, the arts. See, you're involved in that, faith in the arts, Sherry. By the way, the uh, Ford government announced yesterday as well that any teacher who wants to be certified in the province is going to have to take a math course and be, uh, I guess, adept at math. That's reflective of the poor results in the grade 6 EQAO tests. Uh, 
Good initiative, Sherry? No, good luck with that, I Why? would say. Uh, well, first of all, uh, we, you know, teachers unions would and should object to anything like that. Why should I they mean, object? Well, let, let's put it this way. You want, do you, really, do I care if my French teacher uh, passes a math test? I want a French teacher who can teach French. And uh, I want uh, pe- people with specialties who are the best in their field teaching those specialties. Um, it, you know, math is not the, it, it's important, absolutely, but it's not the be all and end all. And, the, you know, there's a real problem with the EQ uh, tests. I mean, teachers will tell you they teach to the test. It costs a lot of money. It doesn't necessarily translate into university acceptance or, or real skills in the real world. And, uh, and, you know, that, too, is problematic. All right, John, I mean, uh, having the teachers be proficient in math, uh, where's the problem? I don't see a problem, quite frankly. I think they should be. I wish my teacher was proficient in math when she was teaching me math, because I think I'd be better at it. But, um, but no, listen. I, I think that uh, I think it does make some sense. Obviously, um, you know, not to say I, I think our teaching uh, staff generally is, is is phenomenal, and and obviously the schools are great. And um, but there's always room for improvement. I think there's always room for some level of proficiency and and some of these things. And math is hugely important for uh, for kids uh, to know and grow up and 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 be proficient in math and not be afraid of it. And that's why there's so many of these outside organizations that are tutoring kids who are not doing well in math because they know that, you know, when you graduate from high school, you have to have some level of proficiency in math. And if you don't, you better make sure your child does have that. Well, all right. Is Ford on the right track or is it overreaching? Well, yeah. I mean, I look back at, you know, grade 10 math was the best three years of my life. <laughs> the, um, I think he's on the right track. You know, if you have a pilot, you know, who's flying the plane, I'd like to know that he has a pilot's license, you know. So I, I think in this case, basic math is, is, you know, you're teaching our kids, this is what they're doing. It's like the guy, as they say, it's the bus driver, I want him to have a bus driver's license. I think this is the basic stuff. You need to have this kind of stuff. And, you know, you do have to measure outcomes because we've got to know where things are going wrong. If there's problems, we need to know it. You but know, not everybody teaches math. I mean, come on. Well, I know, but, uh, but the people that should, should be able to know it. And well, be but that's, that's it. a subsection of the... the well, I think there should be a basic. I mean, I'm not asking, you know, well, that's I, what I wouldn't I think expect a teacher to go in and do an MIT test, no, I, but very the, basic stuff you right. should be able to know. Well, and that's, I think, where the Ford uh, government has set the, the bar on that. By the way, you mentioned earlier how uh, there are some cutbacks in education, and he did announce he's withdrawing the support for these uh, satellite campuses in Markham, Milton, and Brampton. Uh, York University, Wilfrid Laurier, and Ryerson were slated to have these things. The one in Markham, I guess, was uh, fully uh, underway or in progress, slated to open in a couple of years. But... Uh, the government's basically said, look, we're strapped for cash. we got to make up a $15 billion deficit. So uh, what do you want us to do? Now, is this a case of a gain, uh, penny wise, pound foolish, or was it the right move to make? We'll come back. We'll discuss that and more topics worthy of discussion with our panel. Michael Giles, Sherry DeNovo, John Capobianco on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. When it comes to volunteering, when it comes to giving, when it comes to engagement in society, that the social networks and engagements of those who went to independent schools... Um, are at least as, and in many cases, greatly in excess of those who went to public schools. 